my name is John Hill. Um, I'm the media manager for Military Warriors Support Foundation. So what inspired you to help military members and their families? Well, so for me and my history is I always, I, so I grew up in a military family. My dad was an officer in the Air Force. And one thing that he always taught me was to always know where my freedom came from. And so even as a little kid, you know, I remember, you know, growing up on base and always getting into trouble and uh, is the, just the joys, I guess, of, of that life. But one of the things is when we finally moved to San Antonio, Texas, which is, you know, of course, known as Military City USA, is he would also he would take me over to the Center for the Intrepid. And and that was back when it was actually BAMC, Brook Army Medical Center. Now it's SAMC, San Antonio Medical Center. But he would he would have me interact with those who had been injured either in Iraq or Afghanistan and just talk to them and just, uh, you know, I was just maybe 12, 13, 14 years old, but just to understand where our, where our freedom comes from and who's actually on the front lines fighting that freedom, um, fighting for that freedom. So working at Military Warriors Support Foundation was a no-brainer for me. Um, it was definitely something that I I didn't know that that particular organization, if you will, existed. Um, of course, I'd never served in the military. Growing up in a military family, I was just kind of surrounded by it, kind of expected it. But uh, I didn't know that such an organization existed in such a specific way. So that's why that's why I love working here. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> uh, happens to the best of us <laughs> uh so how did you you know i saw that you started in 2014 how did you you know climb the ladder in uh, the uh in the in this uh at the foundation so as far as uh, Military Warriors Support Foundation is concerned, so actually before before Military Warriors, I worked for a for-profit um, and it went under. It was a very small, like local San Antonio-based nonprofit, uh, sorry, for-profit that went under. And I was unemployed for a short time and I was applying everywhere. And when I came across Military Warriors Support Foundation, I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. So I was hired on as a media marketing coordinator, originally as someone just to kind of help manage and promote the social media accounts and be a graphic designer and kind of support in the arti artistic world wherever we could. But there was so much more that we were doing, I would say, outside of Military Warriors Support Foundation that I really felt like we could do internally, whether it was, you know, improving our website or doing our own videos or uh, designing our own products. Um, and that's kind of where I came into it. I said, you know, we can we can internalize this. We can do this inside. And pretty much anything that you see out there that has Military Warriors Support Foundation um, name on it, maybe not entirely, but for the most part, has pretty much either passed through my hands in some way, shape, or form. Um, and most of the videos that are out there have been produced by me, um, or pr shot, produced, directed by me. And um, it, it's just. The reason why I chose to do that, and forgive me if I'm straying from the question, but the reason why I chose to do that is because it allows us to use more of our foundation's funds towards those foundation goals of serving more of our nation's veterans. If we can save that money um, 
a more of the, you know, and be a more of a good steward of those who have, you know, donated what they could, whether it's $5 a month or whether it's $200 a month or whatever it is to, for them to know that, you know, we are good being a good steward of that. And we're doing whatever we can to save that um, money and put it towards a higher goal. So as far as climbing the ladder, it's not always been my goal. My goal has always been a, been to save the foundation more money. And, you know, if that involves more time and more responsibility for myself, I'm, I'm all for it. So can you uh, tell me about the foundation? Sure. So Military War Support Foundation was started in 2007. Now, it was started by Lieutenant General Leroy Sisko. He's so that's a three-star um, Army general. And, you know, I've had this discussion with him multiple times about why. Why did you start? And he said he, he wanted to give back to those people who, uh, you know, fought for our freedoms you know it's and specifically in, in in the area that we do you know so many great organizations out there that help in their own way but like helping with mortgage-free homes or uh payment-free vehicles um outdoor recreation leadership development those are all ways that we help and I, to be honest, I feel like that's kind of unheard of. And it's in addition to that, we also provide mentorship. So it's not just giving them a house or a home because, um, you know, even myself being a first time home buyer, uh, you know, many, many years ago, I was just like, I was kind of, I felt thrust into it, let alone these veterans who you, just giving them a mortgage free home with no education and no guidance. That's what we do. We provide them with family and financial mentorship to help them, uh, basically become successful homeowners, uh, successful vehicle owners. Um, but ju to jump back to the beginning, so 2007 is when we were founded. So actually this year we're celebrating 15 years of serving veterans um, and Gold Star families. And, you know, it was back in the early days, it was just to, how, how can we help veterans? And the way we did that is through outdoor recreation. It was about getting veterans with other veterans who had been through similar circumstances. Maybe they had been you know, being in the combat zone is something that civilians like a, like myself can't understand the burden. I can't tell you how many guys I've talked to that just say that even their family, even their closest family member just couldn't understand why they couldn't adjust. Uh, like, uh, like a gentleman I spoke to in uh, Las Vegas, we gave him a home out there in North Las Vegas as a young kid. And, and he was wounded in 2005. And he said that he had a hard time driving under bridges when he came back because over in Iraq, they would drop grenades off the off bridges onto their Humvees. And so he would like he he would have to exit and drive if, if he had to drive under a bridge, he would rather exit, go through a light and then come back onto the interstate. Um, if there was like, you know, junk or trash on the side of the road, he would like swerve to avoid it because that was typically IEDs. Um, and then there were, you know, uh, he couldn't sit there was another gentleman that couldn't sit in the back seat because that's where he was injured. Um, he was actually sitting in the back left side when an IED went off on the right side of the vehicle. Um, and he, he said he typically sat on the right side of the vehicle and that day he happened to sit on the left and, you know, it was just safe from that, but um, military war support foundation. So our primary goal is to serve combat wounded veterans. And that's why I keep bringing up the combat areas is because we are proud to serve Pretty much those that were, I would say, shown, you know, pretty much had the the worst day 
that anyone could possibly imagine. You know, I work with gentlemen who have lost their legs and um, the, the military and their dark humor. I feel like that's how they deal with it. But it's, you know, we, we, we're proud to serve these combat wounded veterans. And we're also proud to serve uh, surviving gold star spouses. We, it's, it's the least we can do to honor the ultimate sacrifice is to help try to take care of the family. Um, and so we've done that just recently with like Darcy Siebert. Um, she's a gold star spouse. We gave her a payment free vehicle. Um, we've uh, actually just coming up uh, in Enterprise, Alabama. We're awarding a mortgage free home to a gold star spouse. Um, her husband was Ricky Jones. He was uh, killed in Bagram. And it's just the least we can do. It's, I wish we could do more. Honestly, I do. I wish, I wish there was a such like a, like an open floodgates of just support and, you know, of more that we could do, but, you know, I feel like we're doing pretty good. I just want to do more. So I, I feel like I strayed from your question, but I'm no, just really no. passionate about what we do here. And that's good. And a lot of people don't think how, you know, like not driving under bridges and all that. I mean, that is, you know, impactful, but how important is it to, you know, be there for these wounded combat veterans and having them a strong, you know, uh, support base? I think it's a uh, extremely valuable for these, uh, you know, not just for, you know, of course in my brain, I'm thinking of like the, the fringe that I've talked to as far as like the fringe situations, like, um, a young guy that actually got a home here in San Antonio. And I say young, they're, they're young when they're injured. <laughs> they're probably my age now, but, um, you know, he, he came home from his first deployment and, you know, him and his fat spouse was, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, despite being like in the combat zone, despite probably getting even combat pay, if you will, they were still finding it trouble meeting their needs. Um, and so he took out a payday loan. And two weeks later, he was back. So it was like a two-week leave, and then he went back to the front lines. And uh, they missed a payment, I think, by like a day. And that interest rate went from like 21% to like 299%, just exploded. So like $300 just to make ends meet ended up resulting in like a $20,000 or $30,000 debt. And so he said, he told me, he said, John, for me, the mortgage-free home, yes, while impactful, it was also the mentorship program that was like, we need you to, we need you to have savings goals. We need you to have debt reduction goals. And so he said, I was able to take like what was really meant for like a mortgage as far as like my, my monthly payment or retirement, you know, that would come in. And he said, I was able to take that all and like direct it towards eliminating this debt. And so when he got actually out of the program, he was debt free. So and that's tremendous. That's uh, to me that, you know, it, it, so we, we work sometimes closely with a, with a couple of companies here in San Antonio. And there's this guy, Chris Cano, who uh, he works to fight for veterans, like the, the goal of home ownership. And he said, you know, they fight for this American dream and very, very few of them actually get to participate in the American dream. And I, th I think that really does sum up us. They, you know, these veterans, they go off and they fight for our freedoms and, um, you know, they're put in harm's way and then they come home and it's like Alfonso Porter is a perfect example. Alfonso Porter is a former United States Army staff sergeant 
he was just awarded surprise awarded on the Today Show. So I can I can actually talk about it now. But he said his entire life, it was rental properties, always renting, never owning. Um, and so the home that we're awarding him, and actually he's getting the home in two days. And he actually gets the keys turned over That's in amazing. his hands. Yeah. Um, in two days. And when, when, when that comes out and hopefully the media will choose to cover it, I'll send you the link so you can see it. Yes, please. Yeah. It, it will be the first time that he will have owned a home and it will be his. I mean, he, he we have a three-year mentorship program, which we require them to go through, but it's technically his, his home. And, um, and it brings so much joy and reward to my life to know that we're, um, impacting veterans in these ways and um but i it, it's 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 not just the mortgage-free homes it's like i said it's the it's the family and financial mentorship that comes alongside of it we have uh we we, we have our own mentors they are trained uh in some cases some of them are practicing either psychologists um and um they meet with these families monthly and they present to them, you know, f f savings goals. And, you know, let me, let me jump over, even over to this side is like, we had a guy that applied, he got a home in Alabama. Uh, he's a former master sergeant. He told me that whenever he first applied and he saw the mentorship program and he saw like the family and financial, specifically the financial and savings goals, he was like, oh gosh, they're going to like monitor my finances and tell me what I can spend it on what I can't. But he said, instead of like having a babysitter for my finances, he said, I got a best friend. I got a best friend that actually like says, well, hey, let's talk about this. Let, let, can we can we save up? Can we pay cash on this? You know, and it's like he offers them a different perspective than what he had in the military, you know, because in the military, the military takes care of everything. It, you know, it's like if you live on base, you don't really have much to worry about. And a lot of these guys, when they get out. They're. Some of them don't know where to go. Uh, and, you know, and sometimes it's, they keep that stuff pretty personal to them. Uh, there's actually someone who used to work for us that she said that when she got out of the military, she didn't know that there was going to be a six to eight month gap before her retirement actually kicked in. And so she was actually living out of her Jeep. Now, when we awarded her a mortgage-free home, because she's a Purple Heart recipient, she was injured in Iraq. Um, she I didn't know. I didn't know until years later that she lived out of her Jeep. And um, I just feel like, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's a, it, it obviously is, it's probably feels embarrassing, but I think it's more embarrassing to me as an American that we have our veterans living, you know, on, on someone's couches or uh, living out of their vehicles versus being taken care of, supported. And like I said, that, I think that's what Military War Support Foundation does you know, uh, almost 900 mortgage-free homes to date. You know, we've, uh, our vehicle program is fairly new, but we've been able to award up to this day, it's 135 vehicles. And most of them have been either brand new, or if not, I would say newer, probably just, you know, maybe not more than five years old. Um, and, you know, we've worked and strived to to do that, to, we want to obviously provide successful means of transportation. You know, a gentleman I spoke to the other day, uh, and I think it's okay if I name drop him because <laughs> he's in a very public position, but it's uh, James McCormick. James McCormick, I don't know if you've talked to him, but he's national commander of the military order of the Purple Heart. 
Yes. I talked to him two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. So he's actually a alumni, if you will, of ours. We gave him a payment-free vehicle and he told me that he's still using that vehicle every day to serve veterans. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that model is also passed through to other guys. Uh, we have Christopher Archuleta, who is a commander of the local chapter of the Folsom chapter in Sacramento, California, or Folsom, California. Um, and he said he uses his vehicles that we gave him every day to take veterans to and from their VA appointments. So not only are what we're doing is serving veterans, but we have veterans that are continuing that service and they're passing it forward and they're continuing to serve. And I just think that's phenomenal. We have a guy out in um, Houston, Texas, we gave him a vehicle and he, or a truck actually, um, he takes that truck and he goes into the inner city with like exercise equipment and he uses it to minister to inner city kids, to give them an outlet to like, Hey, let's, let's exercise. Let's talk. Let's mentor. I, it's, it's just phenomenal what our veterans are doing. Um, continuing to be leaders with inside their own communities. It's just, just phenomenal. And I know that I, military war support foundation can't take all the credit and we won't it's, it takes us all to serve our nation's veterans it's going to take all these nonprofits that are out there to do it. And, you know, it's just like, and I love the support that we have from James McCormick. And before that was uh, Felix Garcia, which is uh, also a person who received uh, services from us. So, it, and it's just um, high praise seeing these, these veterans continuing to serve and um, continuing to uh, spread the word about even our organization with, through their own. So. Um, I, f I forget the question. I just love talking about the organization. Uh, we could be here all day, Michael. I tell you, we could. No, so. you, you probably uh, answered two of my coming up <laughs> questions. So that, that was good. Uh, so the big thing, since you do everything video wise, uh, you talk to a lot of, you know, all the people you're helping. Uh, how does it feel? to you to get their story right to the public? Yeah, you know, I still remember the very first um, interviews I did for the foundation. It was actually the, it was actually Marlene Rodriguez. She's the Purple Heart recipient here in San Antonio. And then there's another guy who I can't mention his name because he re-enlisted. He's actually back as an active duty Navy SEAL. So he's out there taking the fight to the enemy right now. Um, but uh, I remember when I first asked them about, I think it was just, I think it was, I, I don't think I learned truly what it was asking these heroes, and they are heroes, about the worst day of their life. And I don't think I realized just what I was asking. And so I would say that in my journey, I've started to really, really see them as, as peer, people that are just trying to heal. They're just trying to recover. They're just trying to transition. And it is, it is an extremely rewarding. And at the same time, I do feel honored because there are things that they've shared with me that I never shared on video because I almost feel like they shared it with me. and. It's almost like, I don't know. I just feel like some stuff is just best left unsaid just because it's extremely personal. Um, but uh, um, 
but yeah, it's, it, it, it has been a journey. It has been a journey. And um, I want to also, it's not just so much extremely personal. It's also, I want to have integrity in the story that I tell, kind of like we're talking about is to yeah. be able to tell it accurately and respectfully. Um, and sometimes the stuff that they shared, I don't, uh, there uh, honestly doesn't even feel like a way that I can, I can share it in the true capacity of what it is of what their story is and so that's why some of the stuff has been withheld if you will but um but yeah it's it i've i've talked to so many i've talked to guys who have decisions that they've done has cost the lives of everyone in their unit and so that's a huge burden to carry and I've also talked to guys who have been like, they said that they were literally in Afghanistan eating chow and a sniper round came in and hit his arm and took all the muscle off. And they were like, wow, that sucks. And it was just kind of like seen as like, well, maybe I shouldn't have been sitting still. So it's just like everyone's combat injury is, is different. Sometimes it's actually tied to the loss of others. And sometimes it's, uh, you know. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, but that that gentleman, Cody Miller, the one that got hit with a sniper round, he he fully recovered. He's actually uh, he's in med school right now. Oh wow. Um yeah, he he I remember him telling me that he uh thought it would be so cool to run to the chopper under fire, you know, with machine guns firing. And he said, I never want to do that again. <laughs> he said it just scared him because he was like, he's like the 50 cals going off and then the helicopter has its own machine gun going off. And he said he could feel like bullets kicking up around him and he's never been scared, more scared in his life. And, um, and then um, another guy, see, this is, this is one of those things. So we give our we give these guys we give these combat wounded veterans and girls we give them mortgage free homes, but we don't require that they stay in the home beyond three years. And the reason why we do that is it's what's theirs. The house is deeded to them. It's theirs to do with as they please. And you know it's just like I think of this veteran Jody Thompson who got a home in I think it was Clarksville, Tennessee, and he ended up selling his house and moving out to West Texas buying a piece of land, putting a small house on it, and then putting any sort of excess profits into college funds for his kids. But he's living debt-free. And or at least the last time I talked to him, debt-free. Um, but the home did save his life. Um, and he told me that. He told me that, and I, you know, I'm trying to tell the story in such a way where I can be respectful of it. But he, I would say that he was probably a gentleman that was, you know, suffering with just the immense guilt. And he was the one that lost everyone in his unit. Um, so these heroes, they go through a lot. Um, and, you know, we just, we don't, it, I think it's very hard for storytellers. I would say, I like, guess I'm sure you're probably a storyteller in your own rights is it's, and making that decision about what do people need to hear? Yeah. And if people do hear it, will they understand? Because I feel like that's that's the that's the conduit. That's the expectation. Like, how can we how can we say this in such a way where we can ex be extremely respectful? Because the whole point of sharing that information is so people will understand. And if you share it in a way that people don't understand or people just kind of like go, well, 
they were they joined the army they were expecting it or whatever which yeah. i've heard that expression before then i feel like i failed in that in sharing that hero's story so yeah it's it's a, it's a difficult it's a fine line but um like some some guys are more than willing to share their story and some guys are still trying to understand even how to tell their own story so but at, at military war support foundation um at least my perspective is and i know a lot of people here um we leave that up to the veteran uh and i tell them all the time like when i interview them now i say listen we can talk about your alive date if you want to and so the alive date is the day they were injured it's it's a common word that i've heard used but it's so funny because i still come across veterans that i'm like we can talk about your live date if you want to and they're like oh what <laughs> what's that so i think it's probably just across certain units or whatever but um yeah it's uh i leave it completely up to the veteran now to talk about if they want to and some sometimes people are pretty forthcoming sometimes people are not and those that share with that kind of i would say that disclaimer then I feel I can share their story versus, you know, me trying to like pull it out of them and make them tell me, you know, it, and it's, it is, it's a, I don't think that people realize truly what combat is and what it's like to basically witness someone trying to kill you. I think that's uh, and a lot of, a lot of veterans coming back have, have felt that we've had veterans come back who <laughs> had bounties on their head. Um, uh, yeah, we gave a home in Fort Worth to a guy who was uh, he was an Overwatch sniper. So you're talking about kind of like a Chris Kyle, if you will. So he would lay on his belly and he would watch uh, units move through the streets and stuff, and then he would cover them. And um, yeah, he came across like a bounty, like a bounty poster. And then he was like, "How did they get a photo of me?" <laughs> yeah, it's is crazy. So we, st but we still have people that, if you will. I would say, you know, if the, if the poster was out there, technically the bounty still exists. And so it's it's just crazy to think. It's crazy it's crazy to think that 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 they lived under that kind of threat of terror. Not not let alone trying to be shot at, let alone, you know, because you're you're part of the United States military, you're there. But then to have an extra target like where people are looking for your face. So Yeah, that's crazy and a lot of people don't hear those stories and those you know to walk in someone's shoes i mean to show empathy yeah. that's important yeah so how can uh people uh reach out to you well so we like people to reach out through our website um it's probably the easiest thing militarywarriors.org we have tons of social media accounts out there too so all the main ones facebook instagram twitter linkedin we recently started a TikTok, which it went viral <laughs> with the first video. I think we're up to like 2 million views. Wow. And then it, it's just like how TikTok is, is like all these views and then all these videos we post afterwards are like two, 300 views. <laughs> yeah. You can't make sense of it. Um, um, but they can it's still 2 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were like at 60,000 views. We were like, what? And then, you know, when it got to 2 million, we're like, when when now do we stay excited you know it's like you hit a certain large number and it's like but anyways yeah we're still excited we're still excited for the family who got that vehicle uh who was surprised that vehicle and so um, but you can go out there and watch it uh but yeah we have that we have our phone number so feel free to call us um i'm i there's only us we have a very small staff 
in San Antonio, uh, under 20. That actually works for the organization. We work in all 50 states, but we have a very small employee base, if you will. And the reason why we do that, obviously, is also to we want to make sure that more donor dollars are actually used towards the programs. Um, I'm not sure of our latest numbers. I know we're going through an audit right now, but uh, our latest numbers, I think, is like our admin rate is around 5%. So it's immensely low uh, percentage that covers people like me. <laughs> Again, like I said, it's all designed. We want to make sure that we save as much money as possible towards and put that towards the uh, programs that serve our nation's veterans and gold star spouses. And, um, but anyways, uh, I digress. We have a contact form on our website. Again, we have all those social media accounts. I'm the guy who monitors the, the emails. I also help answer the phone calls. We also have, um, most of our staff will answer the phones as well. Uh, so if you call us, you'll get one of us. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling if, if anyone has any questions or any more questions, you know, curiousness. I mean, we also have a, we have a charity navigator rating of, I think of a hundred. We have wow. a platinum rating. Yeah. We have a platinum rating with, uh, of transparency on GuideStar. And then we also have, um, I think we're a great nonprofits, top rated nonprofit as far as what's out there. And I think that's the only ratings where we have. I, I would love to be part of, I think, Charity Watch as well as the other ones, you know, just to, I mean, we're a great organization and the more organizations that are willing to vet us and um, just puts us more out there, right? So we also have a CFC campaign. So anyone in the federal government who wants to donate and they can also donate through the CFC campaign. Um, but I digress into the donation <laughs> donation world, but that's another way of connecting with us. So well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And, you know, it, it shows with how you talk about it, how passionate you are for helping everyone. hundred percent. I, and I appreciate Michael, the opportunity to, um, if you will spread the word about our organization, it's, yeah, you know, I, I saw you sent me the the Navy SEAL Foundation interview, which is phenomenal. We've worked with uh, the Navy SEAL Foundation and Christy Cummings that's out there. Um, and that's why I'm saying it's like it takes all of us. It takes every nonprofit that's out there to serve our nation's veterans. Without these other nonprofits, I'm not sure we'd be able to be able to serve like these really specific uh, these really specific groups that are in need of help. You know, I, it's like we work with some a lot of big, you know financial institutions, and they also work with other nonprofits because we can't serve everyone. I would love to be able to serve everyone, but we can't. So, but yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and I, I really do. I, I've been able to be really close personal friends with some of these veterans that we've served and they've been part of the military warriors families. And I've just seen them grow so exponentially. You know, it's like we have... Uh, Alfonso Porter, who's going to be getting that home. Also, he, before he went, before he got home, he went through the leadership for life training. So that's a leadership development. He said when he first went into it, he didn't really, he thought maybe it was like an internship. And then he would say, he said it was so much more. It was, it was get, allowing him to establish a plan for his future. And it was investing in him and who is Alfonso Porter and who can he be in 10 years, 15 years and so on and so forth. And well, he's going to be a homeowner, so <laughs> something else that we can give to him. So I'm just excited for all the veterans that we're able to serve. And, you know, like we've been giving away homes since uh, I think 2010 or 2011. And so there's 
thousands of people out there that have been impacted by the homes that we've been able to give away and award, um, let alone our outdoor recreation, hunting, fishing, golfing. So it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal organization, pretty phenomenal uh, thing to be a part of. Um, and I, <laughs> I have no intention going anywhere. <laughs> I love this group and um, I'll stick it out as long as I can. <laughs>